Hello, audience. My name is Brent, and I am the pastor of New Beginnings of Stafford, Virginia. It's that time again for another thought in my head. Why is it that round pizza always comes in a square box? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know you have way, way, way too much time on your hands. Hello, I'm Dusty Carson, the pastor of Braveheart Community Church in beautiful Fredericksburg, Virginia. On today's podcast, we're going to be chilling and grilling on the subject of sacred cows in church. I hope you're ready for this delicious episode of Two Pastors and a Podcast. Well, here we are again, Dusty. I'd have to say that it has been Enjoy listening to all the age groups talk about how much they've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Yeah. You know, bringing up things we both said and laughed about them. And one of the big things that I've really enjoyed is how they've talked about how they've needed the podcast and mm-hmm. they're begging for episodes to drop. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I say begging more as, hey, we're kind of bored. Can you entertain us, little monkeys? <laughs> Can you make us laugh? Yeah, make us laugh, funny guys. You, you know, th- this is the reason I wanted to do this in the first place. It, it was not really to glorify us or to push our names out, though mm-hmm. we could use the prayers with being church planners. Yeah. But it was to glorify God and encourage Christians to crack the hardness of their faces and smile. <laughs> well, there's so many jokes we have to edit out and things we can't share. <laughs> and now you and I have so many inside jokes. It's not even funny. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to apologize to you. I was running late. My GPS. Now there's like several ways to get to your house. I'm like 45 minutes away. And so there's several ways to get to your house. And I, you know, I plug in the GPS and it never takes me the same route. And my GPS decided to lose its mind. And so I pulled over and asked two guys for directions. I'm like, Hey, do you know where Brent lives? <laughs> and so, you know, you ever been around somebody that's so technical? They're like, well, you're going to go north about three miles. You're going to go west about a quarter of a mile. I'm like, listen, Lewis and Clark, do I turn right at Hobby Lobby or do I go left at Taco Bell? Make it simple for me, all right? Oh, come on. I'm from West Virginia. That's not the time, type of directions that they give us. It's like, you know that big uh, beehive over there on the right by Joe, Joe Schmo's house? Yeah, make a left right there. That's that's how the directions I was always given. Oh, Joe Schmo. <laughs> out out if, there in the holler. I wonder if there's anybody really named Joe Schmo. Like there's so many John Smiths. I would love to meet a Joe Schmo or John Doe. <laughs> Don't know about those. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. So the reason we're doing the podcast, and I joked on the last podcast at the very end about getting money to support the podcast, and we joke about sponsors, but we don't really have any. I mean, come on, Big Deb, you got to help us out. Mm, uh, little Debbie slash Big Deb. <laughs> we we are we are not in it for the money. Though we do need new equipment, you know, because Dusty likes to break things. Uh, We just want to make people laugh, and we want to get the word of God out. And so that's why we encourage you, please share the podcast. Uh, And just so they can not take life so seriously, especially in the day and age we live in right now. Oh, it's a little little crazy right now as Brent leans over to call, not in the microphone. I appreciate that, Brent. Welcome. (laughs) But you know what? When are you and I going to discuss the elephant in the room? Um, I don't see any elephants, but... Living, listen, denial is not just a river in Egypt. All right. Listen, our logo. Now, I personally love our logo. And if you don't know us personally, uh, if you look at our logo, Brent is on the left and I'm on the right, just like we are politically. No, just kidding. We don't (laughs) we don't talk about politics. But if you look at our logo, I look like as I spill coffee on your, your table here, I look like every mother in church who has threatened their child with their life. 
I grew up really until I was about the age of five. I thought my name was no, don't do that. <laughs> um, one time, if my mother could have legally killed us, I think she would have. We were in church and it was a fairly decent sized church. And we had I was a small child. I was only like 28 at the time. And so <laughs> now I was younger and I was with my the middle brother, Clint. And so we were, you know, we kind of got bored sometimes. And I'll never forget we had a special guest speaker and he was a scientist. Now, listen, science is kind of boring to me. I, I prefer stories of like wars and explosions and, they, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. But he was talking and he was talking about the planets. And he mentioned a planet that sounds like a body part, Pluto. No, he said Uranus. <laughs> and so my brother and I were the only ones in this large church yeah. to start laughing. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a little giggle like you do sometimes. Like, <laughs> it was like full on ugly laugh. I mean, crying. And I'll never forget. My mom put her hand with her death grip on my knee and said, when you get home, you're mine. And so I look like every church mom who has threatened their kid. I look like I'm threatening you, Brent, from like an inch of your life. If you don't get your stuff together. And I'm over there just like a normal child with my hands folded, acting like I didn't do anything at all and completely ignoring my mom because she's making a fool of herself in the front of the whole church, right? Yes. Well, she yeah. whispered. She was, my mom's smart enough not to say it out loud because CPS, Child Protective Services, would get involved. <laughs> but no, she would just, she was just like, I mean, she had this angry face. And, you know, you always, as a kid, like you, I always got spankings at your church. And so I always hoped that my parents would forget about it. Like, oh, maybe they forgot. Could we go out and eat afterwards and, and everything? And, and I'd like fake like I fell asleep in the car. You know, because like what parents going to wake up their kid to spank them? You know, so I'm like, oh, I act like I'm asleep. And she's like, nice try. You're mine. You know, and so me and Jesus had some very uh, close talks and very intimate conversations right before I got a spanking. And I would always try to like wear extra pair of pants. One time I thought I'd be smart, put a book behind there. <laughs> she broke the book in half. <laughs> I don't believe these stories. You know that, right? I listen, and somebody, somebody might believe this, but I've met your mom. Yes. It looks <laughs> can be deceiving. Hey, they, they say 75% of all, you know, stats are made up on the spot. So, so 75% <laughs> yeah. of what I've said was true. Well, you know, I, I, I absolutely love our logo. I, I, it's so interesting how all I did was tell him, you know, I like this. He likes this. He's got this type of personality. I've got this type of personality. And it just fits us so perfectly because you're the outgoing, loud speaking one. And I'm, wow. the, I'm the one that's kind of sitting in the corner going, don't, 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 don't acknowledge me. So don't I'm, I'm the obnoxious me. jerk. <laughs> I didn't say that. Look, I mean, I'm I threatening you. I'm threatening you in the picture. Uh, you know, and so, no, I actually like the logo. I, I like that you have a Star Wars shirt on. Yep. I, I, you know, I've never seen the Star. Is that the one with the little wizard boy? <laughs> you and the wizard boy. Is that, is that? No. Is that Lord of the Rings? No. Harold Potter? You know what, you know what it is. You know I, what it is. Listen, I watched The Mandalorian. That's Nanu, it. Nanu, Nanu. No, I'm just kidding. Isn't that Mark and Mindy? Mark and <laughs> Mark, Mindy? Mark and Mindy. Mark, Mark and Mindy. Good old Mark and Mindy. Mark and Mindy. Yeah, you're no. old, man. I, well, I'm not old, dude. You know, I didn't watch original episodes. I watched reruns. Are you kidding me? Don't church it up. That's, what do you mean, church it up? Now you were you were born at the end of '79. So uh, at the end, at the, the end, end of '79, I do. In I, fact, like just a few days in '79, I miss Robin Williams. I do too. He's a great guy. I enjoyed his. Did you, did you know him personally? Yes, he was my best friend. There you go. See, I don't have very many. 
Hey, but Robin would be a pretty good one to have. It would never be boring. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, I just we try to get ourselves warmed up. I ask some questions, trying to get us warmed up. And I, I do have a couple of questions, and and we always start with the same one. What was your favorite part about the last podcast, Deviously Disastrous Distractions? Are you talking to me? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm talking um, to you. Are you oh, yeah. <laughs> squirrel? Squirrel. Uh, I would say the part how we said that you and I would never survive prison, let alone a female <laughs> prison. And so I just thought that was funny. <laughs> that was pretty good. I think my favorite part was when you taught us the uh, meaning of the German word pumpernickel. Mm. Oh, fart goblins. Means fart goblin. Well, here's another question for you. And I just came up with this one on the spot. So I wanted to ask you, have you ever mistaken something that somebody said in like church or something else for something else? Now, let me explain by something. When I was growing up, I, I did go to church. We went to this small church out in the middle of nowhere. And honestly, if you asked me to take you to that church today, I wouldn't be able to do it because I have no clue where that church is. But any, like, like I couldn't find your house today. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. And I'm good with you know remembering where to go in certain places. I'm not. So uh, this this for years, I used to think that the pastor was saying, baptized by a merchant. <laughs> not baptized by a merchant baptized by a merchant <laughs> the merchant marines come by and they start baptizing people <laughs> have you ever mis mistook somebody for saying something like that i'm trying to, i can't think of anything offhand i well, really can't you know there's another thing i used to mistake with you ever mistook a song you know something in a song because like you know that song um Secret agent man. <laughs> yeah. I used to think uh, we might have to edit this out, but I used to think it said secret Asian man. <laughs> secret Asian man. I don't want anybody to know. <laughs> I I changed the we changed the lyrics a lot. It, you know, especially more hymns. You know the hymn He Touched Me? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Where it's like you need to report that. <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, okay. So that's a good that's a good start. You can, oh, he <laughs> touched me. <laughs> All right. So another question to get us warmed up, to get us off of the script. <laughs> if you had a choice between two superpowers, either being invisible or flying, which would you choose and why? Neither. So I have You have to go against the grades, don't you? This is who I am. I'm a rebel. Um, I listen, I have a couple pet peeves in life. Like it's hard to really get me upset. But one thing that really like just crushes my soul is that when I'm driving and there's somebody riding a bike in front of me, like they're not on the bike path, they're like right in front of my car, like they're on the highway and they're wearing so much spandex they have no circulation. Oh, it drives me nuts. I, listen, Lance Armstrong, you're not going to make the Tour de France. Get out of the way. It drives me nuts. So this would be my superpower is that whenever I come upon one of these people that I could just wave my hand and they would fall into the bushes somewhere. <laughs> gently, gently. But they would fall enough to realize their mistakes in life and stop wearing spandex and riding bikes in the wrong places. <laughs> wow. You know, we just lost a, a viewer in Switzerland. <laughs> Tour de France. <laughs> Okay. Weep. Well, I'll tell you mine. I would say actually being invisible. Mm. You know, I, I just loved, you know how you ever, you ever heard the statement, I'd love to be a fly on the wall? Ugh. Okay. You know, going in there and listening to somebody talk about something. I would just love to go to my enemies' houses and just mess with them. You know, move stuff. You know, they'd sit their coffee down and I go and move it up into a different room. How many enemies do you have? 
So you're into mind games more than anything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I love how you say like you're the introvert and you're like, and I want to be invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's actually probably let me let me get out my tablet and talk about yeah. you know what the meaning of these two heroes mean. I think that actually really is what the question is all about. Okay, last questions. Years ago, I had an English teacher that would always say there is no such thing as a stupid question. But there are things as stupid kids. No, <laughs> obviously, he has never taught seventh and eighth grade Bible class. Mm. So, have you ever had something funny or just weird, a type of question that has been asked to you by someone or uh, or a student or anything else like that? They would say, "Where do babies come from?" <laughs> And I was like, that's from the Cabbage Patch. Uh, no, my youngest asked me why we have eyebrows. And I was like, of course, to keep your face warm. Why else? I don't know. <laughs> I think the, the weirdest and funniest question I was ever asked was when I was teaching 7th and 8th grade Bible. And I was teaching on Bible doctrines. And one of the doctrines that I was teaching on was angelology. So we were talking about angels. We're going through verses on angels. And he stopped me and he goes, let me ask you Thank a question. Thank you for clearing that up. I was wondering what angelology was. Well, you know, some people <laughs> some people may not. You know, I, I, it could have been like uh, pneumatology or Hallmark uh, theology or <laughs> Hallmark. <laughs> no, not in, Hallmark. You took a class in Hallmark movies? <laughs> no. <laughs> Lifetime. Lifetimeology. Lifetime channel for women. <laughs> yeah. Learn how, where to learn how to kill your husband. Uh, so anyways, I was asked this question. I was asked, okay, if there are a multitude of angels, should I apologize when I kick a stone? Should I apologize to an angel when I kick a stone? Number one, why are you kicking stones? <laughs> Number two is, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't answer it. I was like, you know, really? Really? We have so many more important things to talk about. And you want to ask me if we need to apologize for kicking a stone. That yeah, one, I, that one I don't get at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say you failed this class and you're going to fail at life. All no. right. Well, to kind of get us into to today's episode, it was we're going to be talking about chilling and grilling sacred cows. Mm, tastes so good. Well, and the, the term sacred cows really comes from Hindu, uh, the Hindu belief that that gods are goddesses, little G's, because they're not real. Their spirit lives in cows. And so they'd actually adorn cows in jewelry, expensive clothing, while people in their country literally starved to death. They would they would take this money and they would buy you know cows like nice clothes, scarves, materials. And here's the deal, they would never kill one to eat it. So they would take money, you know, where they could spend it on people who have nothing, no food or anything, or they could just kill the cows and have a, you know, a big old feast, but they wouldn't do it because they think that cows are sacred, that you can't do it because there's a little god or a little goddess living inside the cow. And here's the deal, if you're going to pick an animal, I don't think it'd be a cow to live in. What animal would you live in? <laughs> That's quite a question. Yeah. Um, it definitely wouldn't be a cow. No. Or not even a not even a bull. I don't think you know. To me, I mean that's 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 a little better than a cow. But I get. Let me see, buddy, buddy. A, a, a bull is just a, a boy cow. Yeah, I know, okay. I know, I know. But you know, they're they're more hefty, and you get the horns, and you know, more manly. Uh, I would I would say I would say a. Oh gosh, man, that's a hard one for me. It would be a bandy cock rooster. <laughs> Have you ever been around a rooster? Yes, they're mean. Yes. 
Like you're never like, oh, why don't you have more than one rooster? Because they'll gouge your eyes out. <laughs> I want to be a platypus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I people can go, what am I? There's an animal. You got to go Google it, guys. There's an animal. And it, like, obviously, we don't believe in spirit animals. Blob. We're just, we're just joking. And my oldest son is like the epitome of who I am, really. Like, my youngest looks like me. My oldest acts like me. And there is, he did a book report on, he had to do like an, on an animal, report on an animal. And there, mm-hmm. you've got to Google this. There's an animal called the blue-footed booby. And it looks just, I mean, it's what it looks like. It's a personality. You're Googling it right now of my son. Like, I'm like, if there was a thing of spirit animals, Baylor, you are the blue footed booby. It is hilarious looking. I, I mean, I am looking this up. <laughs> it doesn't, I mean, what, listen, what in the world? I, I did not know this. Hey, have you, uh, speaking of Googling things, have you ever, do you know what, um, where natural vanilla flavoring comes from? Uh, like, no, you should Google it right now while you're sitting here. Google. Thank you. Uh, You can thank me later. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, because now you will, I know you're going to stop it and you're going to Google now come back and listen, but you're going to stop and Google where natural vanilla flavoring comes from. Uh, Now don't get, don't get it mistaken and put uh, vanilla extract. That's not what I want you to do. Okay. (laughs) Natural (laughs) vanilla flavoring. You are welcome. Oh, oh you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> nope, I am not kidding. Okay, well, back to the sacred cows. Now that everybody's really um, disrupted is, there. Is this real? <clears throat> yeah, it's real. Why would you look at that animal and say, mm, <laughs> need some flavoring? Oh, man. Yeah, why would you go, let me taste that. Let me see what it tastes like. I mean, who was the first person who did such a thing? The other beaver? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's disgusting. That is disgusting. All right. Now everybody's going to stop and and they're going to look it up. They're going to Google it. You're welcome. I'm glad I made your How do you know this? I don't know. I know a lot of useless information. We're going to put you on Jeopardy. Oh, you heard Alex Correct just died, didn't you? Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. It's it's not going to be the same. Not that I I watched it anyways, because I'm not smart enough. They're going to, I heard that they're going to put the guy from Reading Rainbow as a host, LeVar Burton. Oh, you mean, um, Oh gosh, Jordy from Star Trek. Yeah, he's on Star Trek. Yeah, 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 yeah that'd that be, he would be good. I like him. Listen, me and Reading Rainbow go back a yeah, long way. I so like Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow's I oh. can go anywhere. Okay, take a look. We got a kick in from a singing. book of Reading Rainbows. We have really got to keep you from singing on these things. We're going to lose listeners, and we already lost listeners in Ireland because of the last song you sang. Not <laughs> just. <laughs> I could say a joke right now, but uh, I'm going to hold off on that one. <clears throat> They're magically delicious. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about sacred cows. And, you know, he was referencing idol worship that is in another country. But that's not what we're going to be talking about here. What we need to realize as Christians is there's a lot of sacred cows in our churches today. Mm. And as a pastor, as pastors, we have dealt with this many, many, many times, and I'm going to be referencing some days today, and I'll be honest with you, I guarantee that I'm going to lose friends on Facebook, and you know what? I'm going to say this really loud and clear and maybe even add some echo. I don't, I don't care. care. Well, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. But Brent, let me ask you this question. Will you, <clears throat> when it comes to churches, will you define what a sacred cow is to you? Well, to me, it would be an item, an object, or a tradition that cannot be touched or removed without derision, anger, 
or hatred of the person who wants to remove it. Yeah. Or in other words, a tradition that does not follow any biblical principles or doctrines. You know, to give you some examples, and these are just small examples, because I'm going to actually give clear examples in this episode. Uh, rosaries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing really biblical uh, that we need to do with those. Um, you know, only singing songs written eight million years ago, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, the Bible is clear. It says over and over again, including the book of Revelation, that they sang a new song. And, you know, decor, clothing, something that uh, that can be more of an opinion rather than a doctrine or a spiritual belief. You sound like a heretic. No, I know. Uh, no, I, for me, a sacred cow in a church is a church tradition that is not biblical command. So it's not a biblical command, but it's <clears throat> treated like one and is immune to criticism. So yeah. that it's like, there's nothing wrong with church tradition. As long as it's not a mandate, you have to do this or else you're sinning or you're hurting the church. I honestly feel like church traditions can become a fence so it's a fence to keep the worthy in and keep the unworthy people out. I mean, churches are supposed to be hospitals. And we end up making these churches more like museums than hospitals. You're, you're right. And so many sacred cows not only become idols in the church, they become stumbling blocks to outsiders and non-believers. Yeah, and this is a fear of mine. It really is. It's a fear you know, with, with establishing new beginnings. I fear the future because I don't want people saying, well, we can't. We can't uh, we can't do get rid of this because this was given by this family. That's not the way that we've always done it. And I don't want that. I'm trying to try everything as hard as I can to keep traditions and keep these sacred cows from being acknowledged. We're, we're not supposed to be worshiping things. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be worshiping people, We're not supposed to be worshiping me or any of the original church family members that started and established a church. Ooh, stepping we, on toes. We are only supposed to be worshiping God. So would you agree that both you and I have served <clears throat> in sacred cow churches? Oh, yes. So let's be brutally honest. This one is personal for both of us. Yes, it is. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the other you know, podcast. I listened to our most recent one. I thought it was good. But this is the one that we're like, we've been ready for. Like, we put that ball in the tee and we're like, swing away, slugger. Well, you know, this was the first thing that we mentioned. Was it really? Yeah, when we were when we were trying to come up with a bunch of ideas out into the future, this was the first one that was mentioned was sacred cows, and the second one was uh, um, devil deacons. I'm just kidding, devil deacons. <laughs> You're not kidding, actually. You know, I, it reminds me of I, I love Rich Mullins. Uh, he's been he's passed for a while, but I love Rich Mullins. And there's a great movie that came out about his life. And one part of the scenes, he says this. He said, "People." sometimes are more in love with the idea of religion than they are Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And so our allegiance is not to cows or traditions, but to the scriptures that are sacred. So I I said to you, Brent, you know what? Grab a spatula. Let's put on some aprons Mm. and let's chill and grill some sacred cows. Mm, I wouldn't mind a steak later on. I got some steaks in the freezer. I need to get this Really? Are you inviting me over for lunch? Yeah, 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 (laughs) sure. Sure, man. We can grill grill out. It's a nice day. Yes, yes. It is beautiful outside. Yeah, it is. We had to open open the window in the sunroom because uh, Dusty said it was miserable and lonely in here. So (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But the only problem, I'm glad you're facing that way. Because I would be looking, oh, squirrel, you know, something, something would distract me. So I'm glad I'm facing the kitchen. Well, by what I see outside is you could grab you some natural vanilla extra. 
<laughs> not extract. Natural oh. vanilla flavoring. Flavoring. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Either way. So next time you grab that French vanilla, make sure that it doesn't say natural flavor, vanilla flavoring. Oh, can we tell people where it comes from so they don't have to Google it? No, I want them to Google it. <laughs> well, that's true. They might stop. They probably already stopped. You don't want me to tell them it comes from a beaver's butt? <laughs> Go ahead. It comes from a beaver's butt. This this message is brought to you by Two Pastors and Podcast. <laughs> brought to you by a beaver's butt. A beaver's butt. <laughs> <laughs> you and I went to the Southern Baptist Convention uh, a little more than a week ago. Yeah. And so... Um, we were promoting the podcast and I really hope this is not the first one they listen to. <laughs> I know it probably will be. Yeah. They're like, you know what? Let's, I don't want to, I don't want to listen to it in order. Let's, yeah. let's listen to sacred cows. Oh gosh. But yeah, I think today is a good day to grill and chill, chill and grill some sacred cows. And we're back. Thank you for our newest sponsor, Pepto-Bismol. When you want to add a little pep in your step, but you're scared to, grab some Pepto-Bismol. Put the roar in the tummy at ease. You know, one of the biggest sacred cows in churches is dress code. Oh, boy. People feel like you have to dress a certain way to go to church. You know, when it comes to what you wear, I think you should be you, you know, within reason. Like, I don't think you should wear booty shorts that say juicy on the back of them. But, you know, if, if you like a suit and tie, well, wear a suit and tie. But the second you look down on others who don't, it becomes a sacred cow. And do you know what sacred cows eat? <laughs> they eat from the grass of legalism. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I've got a lot to talk about on this. You know, I, I, I was in a denomination that that's what all they were about. They were about making sure that you dress the part. And they would literally say, you can't come up onto the pulpit if you don't have a suit and tie on. Hmm. So they wouldn't ask you to pray. They wouldn't ask you to come up. They wouldn't, you couldn't be in the choir without a suit and tie or a dress. You had they to, made the men wear dress. You no. Know. Oh, <clears throat> no, they made the women wear dresses. You know, they, they had, and it had to be a certain length too. Couldn't be, it had to be past the knee, you know, so far. Did somebody stand outside with a ruler? Like, Nope. Uh, you know, you laugh and you say stuff like that, but I guarantee that that is happening in some churches. I guarantee it. You know, you know, I actually was at a church years ago and they had these things and I, I I made a little shop, a wood shop where I could build all of the things for the children's ministry. And so I had an area up on top of uh, where they in the gym where they had like um, where they handed out all the food, the concessions. That's the word I'm trying to think of. And so on top of that was where I had my wood shop. And so I would go up there and build the things and then, you know, we'd use them in the gym for what the children's ministry and whatever. But while I was up there kind of cleaning it out, getting myself ready and set up, I found this box of paper dresses. Come again? Paper dresses. And so I went to the pastor. I said, what in the world is this? And they said, oh, yeah, uh, back you know, with the, with the original pastor. And I almost said his name. <laughs> back with the original pastor, if a, if a girl came in or a teen came in and they were in jeans, they would make them wear these paper dresses. <gasps> Sinners. And if their dr- dresses were too short, they would wear these paper dresses. Too. I wonder how many suits and tie sets that Jesus owned. Right. Well, I can tell you this, probably none. Yeah, I don't think Jesus wore Armani. But, you know, I know what people are thinking. They're like, well, I want to dress nice because I want to give God my best that day. But I don't think you want to go down that line of reasoning. And this is why. So if your mindset is, I had to wear a suit and tie because on Sundays I'm worshiping and I have to give God my best. Here's my thought. 
every day is a day of worship. Every day we should give God our best. So let me ask you this question. Are you wearing a suit and tie every day? Probably not. Are you wearing a suit and tie to bed? No, 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 you're not. Hey, listen, so sorry. I keep coughing and keep uh, trying to get it out to get my throat going here. Maybe we shouldn't do these in the morning. So, so, so listen, you know, I, I, like I said, I have been in this and, and look, I get the idea of modesty. I understand that it makes sense, but don't, don't tear somebody apart because they come in and they look different than you. And I've heard pastors stand from the pulpit and preach about men having long hair and women having short hair. And they were pretty adamant about it. And, you know, all the while, all these older ladies are sitting in the, the church with the short hair, and you're basically tearing them to pieces because you are talking about how they look and how they're dressing and how what they're wearing. And yet there's people dying without Jesus. Yes. And we're going to focus on what they're wearing. Well, no wonder people don't want to come to the church. Yeah, no wonder. Well, I mean, the scripture says God looks on the inside, man looks on the outside. But it reminds me of Mark chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. It says, they worship me in vain. <laughs> Their teachings are merely human rules. You've let go of the commands of God and holding on to human traditions. Mm, wow. I, I just I just love how God brings similar verses to our minds in these podcasts. You Pastor Dusty will study for it and I will <laughs> study for it. And then we'll let he'll send me his and then I'll put ours together. You know, either I'll copy and put mine in his or put his in mine, you know, vice versa, whatever. But this next verse that he actually has in his notes is one of the verses that I had put in my notes as well. And it came straight to my mind as soon as we talked about talking about dressing and what we're wearing in the church. First Samuel 16, <clears throat> seven says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things like people do. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I think when people feel like they have to dress up, what they're saying is that God is impressed by them. And it takes a lot more than suit and tie and wingtip shoes to impress God almighty. If it did impress yeah. God, that would make God fairly shallow. Yeah. So I've heard pastors preaching from the pulpit that and attacking people in uh, literally attacking people in the auditorium. Like they punched people? Well, getting in their face. There there was a preacher that got in the face. I watched it. I sat there and it was at a high school um a Christian school high school uh, chapel. And here he is, he's getting into the face of the principal because he had a blue shirt on. Well, my first thought is, are they like in a gang area? Like, is that a blood area? Can't wear blue cause it's Crips. No, <laughs> but it, it's stupid stuff. I, I think we focus so many times on things that do not matter. Jesus never looked at somebody <clears throat> and condemned them and been like, listen, you get the wrong color shirt on. Like this, <laughs> How asinine is that and how stupid is it if that's the focus of the gospel is what people look like? We're called to make a difference and God brings the inside change and we're worried about outward appearances. Who cares? Give me a break. Well, that's what the Pharisees concentrated on. I mean, you know, I always say this when I talk about the Pharisees with children or even adults, you know, always remember with the Pharisees, they are very fair. You see, they were always about how they looked 
on the outside. It didn't matter what was going on inside spiritually or anything else. They wanted to look good on the outside. And they were constantly poking at uh, the disciples, constantly poking at Jesus and uh, attacking people. I mean, come on, a blind guy is praising God because he is now, he can now see. And all they're concerned about is he was healed on the Sabbath. Oh yeah. Listen, grace is messy. You can't sanitize grace. You can't stuff it into the blue blazer. Grace is messy. And it drives me nuts when people think they have to dress a certain way. I remember when I went off to college, it, it cracked me up and my uncle was, you know, good intense, but he's like, okay, you're going to be a Baptist preacher. You got to have a suit. And we went down to JCPenney and we got a suit and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? My identity is not what I wear. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be who we are in Christ, not what I wear or don't wear on Sunday. Give me a break. If that's your focus and you've lost sight of the gospel. That's right. And, you know, I grew up in that. I, I Well, not grew up, but I, I mean, when I was, I got saved when I was 15. So the church that I was in was very dominant when it comes to clothing and stuff. And, uh, you know, I had that same mentality for years, but it bothered me. You know, I remember my freshman year in college, my uncle took me out. He said, if you're going to be a Baptist minister, then you need to go get you a suit. And he took me down to JCPenney's and we got a suit and actually still fits. (laughs) Why'd you laugh at that? (laughs) I'm just big boned. But I'll never forget. I always thought to myself, you know what? None of my suits fit. (laughs) (laughs) Only own one. It's for if I marry them or bury them. And depending on who you marry, sometimes it's the same thing. Wow. And so, you know. I didn't, I didn't really embrace the suit mentality because for me, I always want to connect with the average day person and the average day person doesn't wear a suit and tie. They come as you are. We never see Jesus saying, Hey, clean yourself up and then you can come to me. Hey, listen, get yourself together. Then you can come worship me. Jesus truly accepted people as they were flaws and all. And so really grace is messy. You can't sanitize grace. You can't stuff it into a blue blazer and make it wear khakis. It's just messy. Yeah, Grace is messy. Yeah, um, I do have a story I want to tell you about a cat named Adam. But before I get to that, I have to say something that's on my on my mind. Um, you know, it's you can't push this mentality onto the culture of other mm. nations. You're not going to go to a third world country and say you're unholy because you're not wearing a suit. Mm. You're not wearing a tie. And, you know, the funny thing is, is the culture that we live in now is not the culture that these this deno- these denominations that wear suits and everything um, is in anymore. You're right. That was a 50s mentality. I'm yeah. sorry to say it. Uh, actually, I'm not really sorry to say it. But, you know, we my wife and I work for a company, and I'm not going to mention the name of the com- company on the podcast. Little Debbie. Little Deborah. Um, so we work for a company, and there are times where we go to the business meetings and everything else like that, and they are in jeans. Mm-hmm. The higher leadership is in jeans because that's just the mentality nowadays. We don't – and so basically what you're doing is you are you – are, pushing people away that might come to the church and hear the gospel for the first time, because as soon as they walk in the door, they're shutting themselves off because they're looking around and seeing all these people dressed fancy and here they're the only ones and maybe jeans or shorts or whatever they come in and they're already ready to run away. Well, you're trying to force a mindset and lifestyle that doesn't exist anymore. 
Yeah. Think about this. We're sitting here right now. We're sharing scripture. We're sharing spiritual thoughts. What are you wearing right now? Uh, let's see. I got an Adidas uh, sweatshirt on, and underneath I got uh, my company shirt and a pair of jeans, no socks, and some slip-on shoes. There you go. I, listen, I'm wearing an SCS shirt. By the way, my son's flag football team, they won the Super Bowl. 21-22. Uh, <laughs> right. I was losing my mind. I had to go stand on the other side where there's no parents. And I was... <laughs> I was really close to the field, so I started whispering to the kids, look out, they're going to throw it to him. They're going to run it. They're going to run it. They're going to run it. And so we won by one point. But I've got my FCS <laughs> shirt on, jeans, uh, some old boat shoes. And you know what? I don't think God cares. No, I don't think so either. I'm, you know, I think he's honored by you, who you are on the inside more than what you are on the outside. I want to hear about your friend, Adam. Okay. So years ago, there was this one of my friends have had this cat, and I love this cat. Uh, and it was the sweetest cat. You know how cats are mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, some we just lost listeners and um, wherever else. Uh, you know, because I'm just not. You know, anymore. I used to be a cat. I used to love cats. You used to be a cat. I used to be a cat. I used to love cats. And anymore, I like. I just love dogs because cats are mean. They're aggressive. We saved a cat. Okay, mm-hmm. I got to tell you this. You know, we were out at a restaurant. Um, just uh, I guess it was back in uh, you March found, or April. You found this cat May? at a restaurant. Well, wait, just listen. Just I got listen. a joke. You you just won't let it. No, it wasn't a Chinese restaurant. Okay, so uh, we're at this restaurant and um, it's cold. It was right after they started letting us eat again in restaurants because you know the government has put so many restrictions on us. Oh, this recently. Yeah, this was recently, and so we were out there and I heard this kitten meowing i was like what is that and and um you never heard of meow before <laughs> and so we're walking along and i see it it's out there by itself out in the freezing cold over just hanging out by itself and i was like oh, i wonder if it's in trouble did it have a suit and tie on yeah it had a suit and tie on so we saved it and brought it home that cat is the meanest cat i have ever oh. met and you know it'll bite us it scratched jen she was bleeding the other day and everything you like else this cat well no 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 this i haven't got to that one yet oh. so i just i'm not in the cats anymore you know and i actually will go up there sometimes and go hey there and i'll pet the cat and it'll scratch me and i go i saved your life cat you know but anyway so years ago i had a friend and he had a cat named adam and i would go outside and it was the only way you could get adam to come is if you went outside and went meow meow and then sure enough you would hear the same thing you know most cats go meow no not this one this one would go meow meow and so it'd run up and as soon as you picked up the cat, it would jump up and climb on over top of your shoulder and look over your shoulder. And uh, it was a sweetest cat. It would just sit there and just purr and hold on to you and slobber on your shoulder. Some uh, some people, you know, back in the day, pirates would have like a parrot on their shoulder. <laughs> Brent's got a cat on his shoulder. <laughs> so this cat uh, had one ear that was kind of pushed down. It was a little deformed in his face. But it was the sweetest cat you would have ever met. Well, if it looks like that, it better have a good personality. So I asked, why did you name this cat Adam of all names? I mean, you know, you name cat like, I don't know. What, what cat names can you think of? Methuselah. Methuselah. <laughs> Big Deb. <laughs> Popeye. <laughs> Patches. We had a one-eyed cat one time. We called it Patches. Oh, that works. That works. I had one named Punky. Punky? Named after Punky Brewster. Oh, that's such a great show. Yeah. Punky Brewster. I was in love with Punky Brewster when I was younger. So um, anyway, uh, this cat, Adam, I said, well, why did you name it Adam? 
And they said, well, you know, it's mom was named Grace. And we had Grace uh, was in the laundry room on top of the washer. And she had a litter of kittens. And this one fell <laughs> from Grace <laughs> and named it Adam. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I was wondering where that was going to go. And now you know about Adam. Side note, we don't believe you can fall from grace. <laughs> you can fall from freedom, but you can't fall from grace. What I mean by that is you can go back under the law, put yourself under the law, but you can never fall from salvation. Yep, you never lose your salvation. It's not in your hands. You can't lose it. Nope. Well, so back to what we were saying. Grace is messy, and making somebody wear khakis or blazers or suits or cutting your hair that's that's legalism that's not that's not what that's not what Jesus was all about Jesus was about mercy and grace he went to the the unloved um, we were talking about this we were doing devotions last night and Jim was talking about this and we were talking about the Pharisees and how or not Pharisees talking about the people that were growing up and as they were growing up in Jews they would study and many of them wanted to become uh, you know, a priest or a Levite or a Pharisee or something, you know, something like that. They wanted to get to that position. And so they would study. But if they didn't make it that far, they would be, you know, fishermen or whatever else. And so the the ones that Jesus called, they were the most unlikely people to ever be in the ministry. So Jim was right on it. That's definitely a reject of society is the people that Jesus surrounded himself with. But on the flip side, I don't think we should look down on people who dress up. You know, my philosophy, like I said, is I'm just an average guy trying to reach average people. So, I, you know, for me, I may wear khakis and a collared shirt. I may wear jeans and a Braveheart T-shirt. It really doesn't matter. You know, I know people out there think about First Timothy chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. It says, you know, don't dress up a certain way. But really the reason that's written is because the people in the church were dressing just like the prostitutes of the time. And so we should be different than the world. But I think that's more about who we are on the inside than the outside. Yeah, modesty is a good thing, and we should be modest. I think that scripture would be the equivalent of, hey, don't wear a mini skirt to church, you know, like the woman of the night down the road that hangs out the corner saying be different. But really, we can be modest, but yet we don't have to dress up a certain way because that really leads to pride. And we look down at people who don't dress up like us, not nice dressing. And so we create these barriers between God and and people. And that's exactly what the Pharisees did. And Jesus condemned them all the time for doing that. And that's why I brought up the, you know, the disciples, they were the most unlikely people. You know, Jesus ate with uh, sinners and the Pharisees pointed it out and attacked him on that. He loved the people for who they were. And he wanted, he knew what was in their hearts and what they could be rather than what how they looked on the outside. Well, I love, I mean, you know, I've preached on that scripture quite a bit, but I love how the New Living Translation calls it. They say, why does your master eat with such scum? Ooh, that's good. Ooh. Is that right next to the Rice Krispies um, recipe? We can get on, if you want to, <laughs> we can jump on the Sacred Cow of KJV, which Ooh. is not even the most accurate translation of the Bible, by the way. Uh. Let's not touch on that. Listen, oh, I, I like King James 1611. Really? Is that with the Apocrypha or without? <laughs> Some of y'all know we're talking about. They can't even read the 1611. Are you kidding me? Have you ever tried to read one? Of, have you ever looked at one of those? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd like to see you read that. <laughs> Listen, the most accurate translation is the New American Standard Bible. That's, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. By they, then you mean me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've read that before. Um, you know, I, and I'm just, I just pick on you because that's, <laughs> we're always talking about no, that. I know. I listen, I'm a sinner. I, I use NIV. Uh, listen, I'll use any translation. Here's the deal when it comes to translations, this is that certain things, you know, I think about uh, idioms, certain things just don't make sense in certain cultures. Uh, that's Agreed. why I use a word for word and a thought for thought translation, a mixture of both. Because here's the deal. If I went to South America and I said my car is on its last leg, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. If I'm in the jungles, I'm like my car's on the last leg. They're not going to have a clue what it means. And so for me, for translation, it's a I use a mixture of thought for thought and a word for word. Mm -hmm. And here's my thought. What makes the scriptures holy? Number one, they come from God, mm -hmm. but it's the thought behind them. Now, don't be wrong. You know, listen, I'm not going to preach in the message. I, I see that more as a commentary than anything. But that's definitely a sacred cow of KJV only. Would mm -hmm. you agree with that? I agree. You I know, agree. so I, listen, we tell people, use whatever translation you understand. What's the point of having the King James if you can't understand it? You know, I was talking to uh, my wife's grandmother recently, and uh, she was mentioning how she grew up on the King James. And one of the things that she said was, and uh, this is her words, she said, I don't understand it. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, you know, here, let's we're going to get you a we're actually going to get her a different version. We talked about it. And, uh, you know, she's used ours. She's used the ESV. Mm -hmm. She's used the new King James. And she's like, I understand those better because it, 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 well, it speaks clear English. It's not how, you know, the new the King James is not how we speak anymore. And no. it's just so look, God, God is going to get his word to to the nations. And there, there's not going to be a King James version in Asia or a King James version in Europe or, and there may be, but um, look, don't, don't limit what God can do just because of your own opinions yeah, and your own thoughts and your mentality. I grew up King James only. I used to preach King James only. Okay. I taught a Bible doctrines class, <laughs> bibliology. Do I need to explain what that means to you? Is that the same Bible? And I, yes. And I used to teach that it was King James only. And I actually got, you know, people that were attacking me in the Christian school because I was preaching King James only. But later on, as I began to yeah. really get into it and study it, things changed. Well, how did we get on King James when we were talking about clothes? Well, you know, because uh, King James has its own clothing line, <laughs> has her own clothing line. You like KJV to make me fall line up. Oh, you like to make me spit coffee. Doesn't he look legalistic? <laughs> but here, but there's nothing wrong with King James. And some people, no, please, please hear me. No, there's nothing no, wrong with King no. James. It's when we say it's my way or no way. That's what we're talking about. Listen, I have a King James Sunday. I, I'm quoting a scripture out of the King James version. There's nothing wrong with it. But the second I say it's my way and I'm right. And if you disagree, you're wrong. You're a heretic. You're not biblical. You're not a, you know, you're not a spiritual Christian. That is what is wrong. There's nothing wrong with having an opinion. King James is a beautiful version. That's fine. But the second we say it's got to be my way, we are legalistic and we are blocking people from the Savior. You just grilled that sacred cow. Burned it, baby. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's so much I'd like to say about this, but... And, you know, I, like I said, I grew up on the King James only, and I can show you, you know, why I just not in that camp anymore. And, you know, if you, if you don't want to follow me or talk to me anymore, I don't care. 
Well, buddy, I don't think you're going to be invited back to that camp. Uh, no, no, I probably won't. Um, you know, I, I was uh, at a certain place recently and I knew that I needed to use a King James. And like I said, I don't I don't mind. I have scriptures memorized. I have the whole book. Well, not the whole book. I got chapters one, two and three of the book of James memorized in the King James Version. Mm. I can quote it to you here. Mm, I can read it. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think sometimes it is. there are certain words that are translated better in the King James in some instances and then better in other versions in mm. some instances. And and see, it's, it's what we're not really talking about, the versions themselves. What we're talking the about is the mindset. Mm -hmm. You have made it this way or the highway and it's made it a sacred cow. And Ooh. I don't know how we got off topic, but we were supposed to be talking about clothes, but that's fine. You I know, and I don't I, I'm okay with it, with it being brought up. And Brent, I don't mind. I've spoken at churches. They say, listen, this is kind of the translation we use. I'm not saying be a rebel for the sake of being a rebel. Like, listen, if this church is just what they, they use. Okay. I, listen, I don't want to rock the boat. I'll, I'll preach out of that. I've had to do that before, you know, but the second you say you have to do this in my own personal life, Listen, I've got about 20 plus, you know, different translations at my house. Yeah. Not to mention what access to what you have on, on the, you know, internet. I mean, World Wide Web. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Well, who was that invented by? Remember dial up? It would take so oh, long. Oh, my goodness. I can, still, <laughs> I can still hear the noise. Our kids will never. You've got mail. You've got mail. <laughs> the movie? Our kids will never understand the pain of waiting. There's so many things our kids will never understand. Like. Like I, telephone cords. Yeah, I, I drove up and there was like an old abandoned uh, telephone booth. And I'm like, what? Is, what do you think that is? And they're like, I don't know. What is that? <laughs> you ever seen those videos where they're trying to dial the old rotary phones? <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> oh goodness. We had listen. My grandma had one. I love that. It took like twice as long to dial a number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Back to what we were talking about, and um, you know, like I said, I, I I grew up in this. I there's nothing wrong with it. It's the mentality that breaks the the um, ideas. I was at a church. I was preaching. Uh, I used the King James, and this gentleman came up to me, and uh, I was teaching children. And what I always did, even with the King James, because I knew the children weren't going to understand. You think some of those words. So what I would do is I would either skip certain things that I'm not going to talk about, like, you know, where they were or, you know, something, you know, you know what I'm saying? And it's not that I'm skipping scripture. I'm just trying to keep the kids from getting lost. And so, and then I would change the word from the or thou to the or you, and I would change it as I'm reading it to the kids. Okay. Now, listen, I had a person and I was reading from the King James. I had a person come up to me afterwards and go, hey, um, you know, great job this week, you know. And Don't you love how they start with a compliment? Yeah, they just, <laughs> All right, let's 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 hear that. Come on. What are you thinking for real? Well, I really wasn't, yeah, because they get you off guard. And they're like, great job this week. You know, the kids really loved it. They had a great time. They learned a lot. And uh, But I just have one question. Anytime it goes to, but I just Where have. does natural <laughs> vanilla flavoring come from? <laughs> Beaver's butt. Uh, so... He goes, I just have one question. He goes, what version of the Bible are you reading from? I said, well, I'm reading from the King James. Oh, I said the Holy? He goes, oh, okay. You know, I just, my kid came home and said that, that you weren't reading from the same version that he had. And we have King James, so I was just wondering. 
Like, really? Really? I was like, well, and I explained to him. I said, I've changed it so that the kids would understand what I'm reading, what I'm talking about. Because I want them to get the point of the Word of God rather than get confused and get lost. I want them to know what the Scripture actually says. So one time we were looking at a uh, Christian school to put my children in. And they, they go to one now. It's awesome. Fredericksburg Christian School, amazing school. Love it. Um, I think it's an amazing school. But this is a different school. And we were kind of interviewing and everything. And we we asked them what translation they use simply because we want our kids to be able to understand it. And they said, well, we use the King James Version. I'm sorry, but my first grader is not going to understand it. So really, you're wasting his time. And what you're going to do is you're going to make it confused and angry. Do you, did you know that there are people that say that the King James is written at a fifth grade reading level? Some smart fifth graders. <laughs> you know, my fifth grader, he struggles. He, he is. He's struggling with reading. And I can tell you one thing. There is no way in this world he'd be able to read the King James Version. Well, here's the deal. Are they reading for, for children? I don't want them to read the scriptures just for the sake of reading it. Yeah. I want them to understand it and apply it to their lives. And that, for me personally, that's just not what we use in our family. You know, uh, the school they tend to, I think, I believe it's the Holman Christian Standard is the version they use for the whole school. And my kids get it. You know, that's why I get the crazy questions like, why do we have eyebrows? I'm like, well, turn to Deuteronomy. Get started. You figure it out yourself. <laughs> turn to Second Opinions, Second Chapter Opinion. 5. Well, you know, and this, this, by the way, this was not one of the sacred cows that we had written down in our notes. Um, but I'm glad it was brought up because it's something that has been bothering me for a very long time. I, I like I said, there's nothing wrong with the King James. I love the King James, but there are other versions that I love as well that I read from. And, and you know what? I want to say this people, you're naive. Okay, not you. Oh, like, wow, I guess that's <laughs> my face. You are naive if you think as a, as a person who's standing in the pulpit and is saying, King James only, King James only, you are naive to think that every person in that church is has a King James in their hand. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I love the gender neutral Bible. I'm making that up, by the way. <laughs> There really is. There's a gender I'm neutral. sorry. I'm looking at Jen. She's staring at the ceiling, and I'm like, what is she staring? Oh, she's thinking about curtains. <laughs> that was random. I thought she was plotting. Oh, yeah, she's like, how am I going to kill him? Am I going to hang him from this side of the house? Hang you with curtains. Oh, gosh. You don't You don't have a gender neutral Bible? <laughs> there really is a, it is a Bible. You know there's a you know there's a southern version of the Bible. Oh my goodness! It talks about Jesus going down to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. What? Instead of going to you know to uh, you know uh, Galilee, he went to Georgia. Are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. That wouldn't pass. The there's IBS. a Eubonics Bible. I'm serious. I am serious. There's a Bible that that doesn't make God masculine, makes him feminine. Yeah, those are not okay. Those those are different. I got a problem with. Obviously. All right, so we've we've burned that sacred cow. It actually got burned there. I think at the end we cooked it a little too much. I think. What do you think? Yeah, it's crispy. <laughs> Let's move back to the clothes. You know, like I said, dr- dress you you can have the mentality. There's nothing wrong with the mentality. Dress your best, but don't yeah. don't spew it on everybody else. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw up, that's fine. Just don't throw up on me. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and look, I grew up in that, and I actually had a person come up to me. I stopped wearing suits. I started wearing, you know, like um, just 
just nice sweaters or just wearing a shirt and I stopped wearing ties. And then, you know, every once in a while I would wear a suit, you know, like on Easter, I might wear it, break out a suit or something. And this older gentleman comes up to me and says, you actually look like a pastor today. Really? What's a pastor look like? What are what are church clothes? That that's a good like if question. you you have a men's section, women's section, you don't have a church clothes section in the stores. We don't. No, I'll tell you a funny story. I don't think I've shared any today. I've been kind of just listening to your funny stories. Uh, I'll never forget when I was a teenager in the youth department. Uh, we had a lock in, and so the next day was church. The so lock in was on Saturday. Church was the next day, and so I was in the balcony. And there were people who were actually behind us. And I'll never forget this. I, uh, you know, as a teenager, you kind of have smelly shoes. <laughs> what? Yeah. And so this is a little bit before Febreze. And so I took my shoes off in church. And behind me, I'm not kidding you, lady, like, what is that smell? And I just started giggling. So I put it further under the pew so it would get closer to her. Now, listen, you shouldn't be smelly in church. Well, you know, I take that back. You be you. You have to clean yourself up. Jesus says, "Meet you, you meet you where you're at." <laughs> if, you're sm- if you're smelly, be smelly. I watched this video where this pastor stood out in the front of his church, and he was dressed up as a bum. Have you seen that? We showed that video at our church. Before. Yeah, and he's dressed up. Oh, that's right, you did. Uh, I-, I watched one of your ep- uh, one of your episodes. <laughs> On your surfaces, and I wow, saw thanks. That. Thanks. Uh, that. And cut. Uh, All right. But that's not where I had seen it from. But it, this pastor, he dresses up like a bum in front of his church, and everybody's trying. To, they're like looking at him real weird and trying to get him to leave and everything. But he's the new pastor of the church, and he comes up to the pulpit in that outfit and takes everything off and says, "Well, you know, I'm pastor so and so, and and you know how convicting that is. We we need to love people as they are as they come in." And that's the problem. Again, we've become a museum and we're not really a hospital. Hospitals are not supposed to turn people away, but a museum does. I had a church. I miss, We have to conclude here for this segment. But I had a church and one Sunday, a gentleman walked in and I'm going to go ahead and say it, who was of a different color than the rest of the church <gasps> and walked in and you you would have thought that he was coming to shoot everybody and burn down the place. And I stopped. I didn't say a word to any of the church members. I said, stood there and talked to him. I didn't say bye to anybody. I didn't do anything. I just sat there and talked to him and invited him back to church. And then that night I ripped, we had, we had an evening service. I ripped their faces off. I took them through the scripture and showed them how wrong they were with how they addressed him when he came into the building. We're not a museum. We're supposed to be a hospital and a hospitals for everyone, not just a certain collar, not just certain, a certain mentality and not definitely not a certain dress code. I think we've come a long way in churches. Some people may disagree with this. I think we've come a long way in race relationships. I One of my heroes of faith is Jerry Falwell. And I love a story about him that happened in the 1970s. Uh, they had like a tra- traveling uh, worship team. And he walked into a church. And it was, I'm guessing, a white church, probably what the pastor said. He said, all right, there's three things we don't allow. We don't allow slacks. Talking about the women can't wear pants. We don't allow tracks, meaning recorded music, are blacks. Mm. And Jerry Falwell said, okay. He turned around, loaded them up, and he left. May God have mercy on the people 
who don't accept everybody. I don't think we're going to get to heaven and God's be like, all right, all the Asian people over here, all right, Hispanics over there, white people over there, African Americans over there. It's not going to be like. No. And I love talking to a friend of mine who grew up during a rough time of American history, and he tells me stories that my mind can't wrap around. And that's a good thing that I can't understand that mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a part of the country that it was really behind times. Um, and moving to Virginia, the issues are not very big issues out here. And I'm yeah. glad that people have realized, listen, we're all one blood. We're all one race. We're all the family of God. Well, I hope you're still with us and we're going to come back here and we're going to take a break. We'll come back maybe the end of this episode and we'll have to split it up into another one, which is okay. So if this is the end of the episode, have a great uh, couple weeks and we'll be back with our second episode. Let's let's end this segment here. Well, you know, we had so much to say about sacred cows that we're going to have to make this a two-parter. So we're going to title this one. We've already given you the title, and that is Chilling and Grilling Sacred Cows. And we were going to, we're going to do a new episode called Leftover Sacred Cows. So this is the conclusion. Sizzling legalism. <laughs> This is the conclusion of the first episode, and we just want to encourage you, listen, don't get so, honestly, if you listen this far, thank you for continuing to listen. And I, you know, I don't want to lose people just because they are stuck in a legalistic way. Let's, let's get, get over those things. People are dying and going to hell, and we're talking about what to wear in church. And so let's conclude this episode. And we'll continue our conversation in the next. But um, with the conclusion, I want to bring up our email address. If you have something to say, if you want to tell us we're idiots, if you want to get mad at us, whatever, uh, you want to make fun of us. Or share your best Thanksgiving recipes. Oh, that too. Uh, even though this will be dropped after Thanksgiving. <laughs> if you want to share your Christmas recipes. <laughs> so uh, just reach out to us to the number two pastors and a podcast at gmail.com. So let me say that again, because that was really slow. The number two pastors and a podcast at gmail.com. So it's two pastors and a podcast at gmail.com. Keep sizzling sacred cows. Yep. Let's keep grilling. See you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today on Two Pastors and a Podcast. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or need someone to chat with, or just to make fun of us, contact us at two, yep, that's number two, two pastors and podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we hope that you truly enjoyed the podcast. You can also reach us at Facebook at two, yes, that is the number two, pastors and a podcast. That is two pastors and a podcast. I hope you have an amazing week and tune in next week as we tackle another difficult topic that we probably haven't even figured out yet. (laughs) As you can tell, we're winging this. So for the older generation out there, same bat channel, same bat time. Holy shenanigans, Batman.